Today's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast is sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible. The goal of the CSB is to be faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity, all while maintaining both accuracy and readability. With the beautiful designs and multiple study Bible options, everyone from adults to teens and even children can find a CSB Bible that they enjoy. Learn more at csbible.com. Again, that's csbible.com. Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have conversations about faith, culture, and society. I'm your host, Chris Fuller. And I'm not Chris Fuller. And that's Mark Hyde. And on hey. today's episode, we're going to be, uh, well, we, it's kind of a question we got from a listener is, uh, is my family saved approaching those who claim Christianity? It's going to be an interesting conversation, Mark. Uh, what do you say we jump into it? Let's go. Let's go. Let the record show I am not Chris Fuller. He is not <laughs> me. Dude, okay, it's not fair. What's up? Because whenever I do the intro and you're over here like, I'm Kermit the Frog. And like, you compl- like you've you done Gollum, <laughs> you've done Kermit, I think you've done Elmo. Like, you've done so many weird, like, I am your father. Like, that I'm just not ready for it. And I got nothing. I can't do you're voice. Like, I'm not Chris Fuller. I'm like, no, I you're Mark nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I have no impersonation abilities. I have no, I can't even sing. But you're cute. <laughs> thank you. I thank you. We're I so feel, weird. I feel cozy on the inside now. We are weird. We are weird, but we are caffeinated. We are ready to go. We are on today's episode. Like we're like bouncing off the walls. We just watched like I don't know half hour of YouTube to get well, ready for this. Yeah, but you know, yeah. I you I can't believe you had never seen it's the high note challenge. It's uh, tell the people what the high note challenge even is. Ch- I never heard of it. Chase Hofield, YouTube. Look him up. He's phenomenal. So what he does is he takes songs and he keeps singing them and raising them half semitones all the way up till he has to tap out, tap out because it's too high. It's a high note challenge. So we did uh, Chandelier by uh, Sia. We Into did the Unknown. Into the Unknown. Frozen 2. And then Take uh, take Ta- On Me by... by take uh-huh. on me. Take on me. I can't say. I don't, I don't... The Bible says make a joyful noise. He didn't say make a on key noise. So your boy makes a joyful noise. <laughs> the boy yeah. makes a joyful noise. Unless I don't know the song, then I don't make a joyful noise because I don't know the song. Sing your praise to the Lord. Okay, come on, Whoa, everybody. That's Stand an up and old sing. One. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a little Rich Mullins for you. Oh my goodness. Okay, so right now I gotta be. I'm just gonna ask you, Fuller. Right, right now, what's your top worship song? Top worship. You know what? What's your top worship song? I haven't really been listening to much worship lately. You've been doing a lot of what? Talk radio and podcasts and books? No, I've been doing a lot of seminary classes. Oh, that's right. So you just listen to a lot lot of teaching. A lot of teaching. That's pretty much all I do now. Mine has been Weapon by Vertical Worship. Weapon. Weapon. Is it theologically sound? Yes, it is. Are you sure? Let's look it up. We just lost all copyright. YouTube is like, y'all ain't monetized, which we're not monetized anyway, so that's okay. Weapon. Weapon by Vertical Worship. Dude, this whole CD is phenomenal. They got Faithful Now. You were Faithful Faithful Then. You'll be Faithful Now. All right, all right, check the lyrics out. Check the lyrics right. out for weapon. All right, you, all right, so while I'm doing the lyrics, why don't you talk about the coffee? Yeah, definitely. So we, uh, weeks ago on Instagram, said, what coffee should we drink tonight? And so last episode, uh, we drank the coffee the people's voted for, which was Reformation coffee, which, what would you say on, on, on the RTC homies coffee scale? What would you give it out of five? Not not this, the Reformation The Reformation. Coffee. Uh, our, we're going to call it the RTC homie, uh, the, uh, we got to call it the homie scale. We're going to call it the- On the, the homie scale? On the homie scale. Would you give, I, I'd give it like I'd a give, three. I'd give it a two. Out of five, you'd give of, Reformation coffee I'd give, two. I'd, I'd, give, give it a three. I'd give it a two because it's a corporate coffee. It's true. And, and explain it to me by corporate. Like, it's not it's like- It's what a, you would drink on a Sunday morning. 
uh, it's a uh, corporate worship. Like it's not like okay, I'm gonna get my break out the Chemex and weigh out my coffee and that's true. Set it at a certain temperature, my water. This and tastes like, weak. Really I don't think good, we let that sit it long is enough. Very weak. That's very weak tonight. Well, very I'll have to reduce in a V60. Well, anyway, so so we anyways. tonight we're doing Quills, which Quills is out Quills. of uh, Louisville and Indianapolis, it's and pretty good. It's the best port, one of the best pour overs I've ever had. It's 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 a little weak, but I think that's a, us. That's us being un. You know, I, yeah, I, you got to experiment it with it yep. a little bit. So this is a really, really good pour over. I've been mm. doing pour overs in it's, this one. It's this one's definitely really a medium good. roast. It's a which medium I like. roast. I like medium roast, um, and it's you can definitely taste subtle hints. But of it's notes, weak. It's weak but right it's very now. Weak. And uh, now this morning That's I it. made pour it. Pour it back in. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't even do the V60. I just did a ceramic pour over, and mm. it was a good kit. It was yeah. a good. Hmm. Good, 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 good hit. But yeah, we're drinking Quills coffee Ooh, tonight. Quills. Which is just quills.com. Brought to you by Father's Day present from my wife. So, <laughs> you know, she wife. she did the Trace Coffee subscription for a little bit. And I almost thought about doing that again, but I'm like, you know what? I want to pick my coffee this time. So we yeah. picked Reformation, we picked Quills. We got some more Mahalo coffee at home, decaf. Mahalo. So, because sometimes I like to drink coffee at really late I at night. I am so close. To buying decaf? Mm, gross. <laughs> What's the point of it? I have decaf at home just because sometimes I want to drink it at like, that's 10, like 11 o'clock at night. That's like reading the LeBron James Bible. You just get nothing out of it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Maybe you get to go to college for free. But. I'm this close to buying a pound of Jamaican Blue Mountain. No, you're and, not. And that crap's expensive. It. It's $32 per pound, but it might be worth trying one pound. I don't know if I could afford to, but one pound, I, I, could, say, I could probably save up some fun money for you know a month. And Is and this a thus saith Chris or thus saith both Chris and Janiel? This, <laughs> this is a Chris wants to do it, and Janiel says, use your fun money. And so I say, okay, I'll save up for a month. And so do you guys fun have money. fun money yeah. in your budget? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's honestly one of the wisest moves I've ever yeah, done. Yeah, because then you, you go, okay, I got this much money. I can spend on whatever I want. So if you just want to be dumb and spend I want on something dumb, right. you can. Or if and you want to spend on I'm, blue, I'm not calling or, Jamaican blue coffee dumb. I'm saying other things that are dumb. But normally yours is on what, books? Uh, Pretty much books. <laughs> <laughs> books and coffee and RTC swag. <laughs> that's basically books, what Books, coffee, and RTC swag. Don't forget, sad. I have a bunch of books for you to look at. I'm when excited. We get done. <laughs> I, got, I got rid of like, I don't know, at least a, maybe a quarter or a third Listen, of my book collection. When an ex-pastor, an ex, not ex-pastor, wow. a, a, non, a non-practicing wow. pastor. Okay. Uh, it wasn't a slam. A non-practicing pastor, because you're still a pastor. Yep. Non-practicing, though. Says, hey. Not paid. I'm, I'm slimming down my library. Would you like to take some looks at some uh, some of the books I have? I go, oh, yeah. Now, I will <laughs> say a lot of my books that are the good ones, are, I still kept those. Well, of course, but I mean, I'm sure I'll find at least one. There's or, some good ones I mean, in there. So, you know, There's some Christian saying. livings. There's some other ones. You and know. then the rest you're going to take to half price, right? Yep. There you go. Bro. And hopefully get five bucks for all these books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what they'll give that's you. Pretty too. much what they'll give it to me. I, t- I took so many books. I took like fifty books and like twenty five DVDs once, and they gave me like seventeen bucks. And I was like, "Well, it's better than Goodwill, I it's guess." It's like GameStop <laughs> right there. GameStop. Hey, we'll give you this game for two, and we're gonna sell it for fifty. Yeah, like, classic GameStop, I'll you, baby. I give you fifty cents. I'm gonna sell it for twenty five. Basically, <laughs> we call that Pawn Stars from History Channel, man. Pawn Stars. I used to love watching that show I growing still, up. Do you still watch it? Well, I, watch, I watch the highlight clips. Oh, on okay. Facebook. Like on Facebook. Yeah. See, I just I gave up on it, man. I watch a lot of it's, like. It's really fake, but it's still kind of funny. I love it's Chumley. funny. Chumley was just hilarious back in the day, man. But hey, so uh, let's th- jump. Yeah, that's a coffee. We're, we don't have any more new reviews. No. We read a new ju- one. We got to jump into the Would You Rather. Exactly. So, so we got three Would You Rathers. Three Would You Rathers. Okay. And and I'm going to let you answer this time first. Because oh. last time, last week, I kind of was jumping the gun on you. No, you weren't. I, I try not to, but I was. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So here we go. Would you rather rob a bank or steal a sports car? What? Those are your two options. Rob a bank or steal a sports car. Oh, geez. Um, you go to jail for either way. So I yeah, mean, you might as well I, just. I'm, I'm currently watching Prison Break, so I don't want either <laughs> one of those right now. Um, you better go get tatted up with the prison. <laughs> I'm going to steal a car while playing Grand Theft Auto, so it's not really okay, me. So you're going to steal a car. Yeah. I'd probably rob a bank. No. If I'm going to jail, I'm going to go out. No. Guns blazing. But see, you can at least like steal a car. Like I watch a lot of. I watch a lot of TV. So white collar, he took the guy's car as a like valet, and then just drove it to his next spot and ditched it. So I mean, you know, fiction. 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm not robbing a bank, there's though, too, man. There's too no, many cameras. Okay, what did people anyway. say? What did people right, say? So we're going to say, we're going to go with your steals. Okay, so 54% said rob a bank. Wow. 46% said steal a sports car. That's a lot so more than I thought. It's pretty close, actually. It's pretty much almost hmm. even. All right, here's a good... Man, that was a hard oh, one. Okay. Hang on, we got a commercial. I feel like, why are we... why On a Christian podcast, we just answered the question, would you rather rob a bank well, or would you rather steal a car? Okay, but we're not like... We're not <laughs> picking the would you rather. So, We're just so getting far, the we've already rathers. we've already played copyright music on the podcast, and we've just admitted to wanting to steal cars and rob banks. Yeah, welcome to Real Talk. Okay, podcast. here we go. All right, uh, number two. Okay, would okay. you rather win the lottery oh. or live twice as long? Win the lottery. Yeah, do I could do Why? a lot of good with that money. So but you could, if you live twice as long, you could do a lot of good, a lot of good messages and preaching and yeah. Or I can actually like use the money to help like, Oh, I can do a plug for little neighbors in Paraguay. They're a mission that we're Beth and I are working with that is bringing foster so, care there. So, so I can get a lot of money to missions. I am split a hundred percent on this. I, I can't, I couldn't decide. I, I'm going to say lottery. Okay. So we're going to go with lottery. I'm going to go with you on the lottery mm-hmm. because I can't decide between the two. I'm going to say lottery. 60% say the lottery, 40% say live twice as long. There you go. Hoop. Hey, we don't need to live twice as long when we're going to live forever. Okay, we're going to skip, skip that one. <laughs> and we're going to skip that one. Oh, are these like dirty we're nasty ones? Like, what one. are you doing over here? Okay, here we go. I need Jeopardy music. Okay, I'm ready. This is makes no sense, but okay, we're going to okay. go for it. Okay. All right, okay. would you rather never eat sweets again? Oh. And I know your boy over here oh. likes Oreo cookies. Uh-huh. Or never eat chocolate. Never again. eat chocolate. That's what I'm saying, too, because there's a lot of other sweets. I Yo, can we got Skittles, Skittles. We got cookies. <laughs> we got candy. We got cake. We got donuts. Yeah. Like, I mean, ice cream. I mean, I mean, come on now. 54% said never eat chocolate. I think again. Beth would say never eat chocolate. My mother. Or never eat candy. I think my Beth, mother I think Beth would choose chocolate. My mother-in-law and my sister-in-law would say never eat sweets again because they love chocolate. What about Janelle? Janelle's more of a salty person. Really? Mm-hmm. So she wants pretzels and goldfish. She would smash some pretzels. <laughs> and then if it was my kids, it would be, they couldn't decide because they like pretzels and hummus. They like to dip their pretzels in hummus. Oh. They like to dip everything in hummus. That's everything, really strange. Everything tastes better. Like the ranch. Little, the everything little, gets, tastes better with ranch. The little, well, that, so they don't yep. use ketchup and ranch and all that. They use hummus. And like little salami bites, they love dipping salami bites. In, it's actually pretty That's good. Fascinating. I'm like, I'm gonna try this, and I'm like, Man, and it's pretty, healthy for them kids that's too. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm a, I am born and raised Midwest. We dunk ranch in everything, everything. See, I, I never did that. Yep, I was never like a big ranch and everything or Chick Fil A sauce. I love me some Chick Fil A sauce. Yeah, I mean, or that, barbecue sauce too. <sighs> mm. That's my sister. My sister is a barbecue sauce. I like everything. My favorite, everything has to be covered in barbecue sauce. I, cover I was my always pizza and barbecue sauce. I was always hot sauce. For the longest mm, time, until I mm-hmm. started having gut issues, but then have you ever done ramen with hot sauce, dude? <laughs> that's the only way. <laughs> that to got eat me ramen. through college, bro. That's the only way to eat ramen. Oh my goodness. Anyway, that's a, that was a fun little trip down memory lane. Yeah. You so. know, hopefully you guys enjoy getting to know us a little bit. Maybe we should put some of these would you rather's up on up on. I almost said Spotify. Why did I say Spotify? Up on Instagram. We do sometimes. We yeah, do Friday yeah. funnies and we do stuff. There's a lot of ways to interact with us, mainly on Instagram and Facebook. But again, you can text us. You can email us. All. The fun things. Mm. Well, my dude, we did the questions. We did the coffee. We ain't got no review. We talked about hitting some high notes. We talked about smashing pretzels. The only thing we could talk about is checking out the CSB Bible. Oh, that's true. Because we did it. Our sponsor. Yeah, our sponsor, the uh, CSB by Lifeway Publishing. Uh, yeah, check them out. They're, they got the, uh, you can pre-order the goat skin right now and get 40% off without any type of coupon code. It's just a standard 40% off. If you pre-order the goat skin right now, I think the goat skin originally was like 140. It's, it's up there, man. It was up th- so, I mean, but it's a beautiful almost, leather. Almost it's, half off. But it, it's it, wide margin. So you can write notes all around the sides. Any goat skin leathered Bible. Right. I've looked at a lot of translations and they're mm-hmm. all up there in price. Right. Right. They're all 160, 170, 180, 200, $300. So $140 regularly. And then they're going to knock 40%, 40% off. off. Like you, if you, that's the way you want to go. You ain't getting a better deal on the Bible. And these cheap Bibles that we have here next to us, yeah. the other CSBs, like the binding is going to crack the Bible. And there's nothing wrong with it. I no. mean, these are good pew Bibles is what I'd call them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, fun fact: I had a Holman when they when they started getting really popular, and it was this little pew Bible, and it the 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 binding like the binding broke within like two weeks. But, but it's just like one of the it. fact of I mean, if you want a good Bible to take with you, it's a sing- and this is the other thing that's too cool is it's single column. So most Bibles have that dual column, you know, well, that, is, the 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 dual column going on where yeah. you have like 
you know, four columns per page, but this is like a legitimate, well, two columns per page and then four per layout, I guess. But this is legitimately one line of text throughout the entire Bible with wide margins to take notes, 40% off. You can't beat that deal. No coupon code needed. Just go to lifeway.com to check it out or go to seeusbible.com to find more Bibles there. Check them out. It's worth it. Trust me. Let's do it. So today's conversation was actually a question that was texted to you. It was a text. texted to us actually, but you were the one who were talking. Yeah, to we're not going to give away any names or anything no. like that. But it, it was a it was a text that um kind of got us. it kind of got me thinking a little bit because they were talking about like okay, so my family's you know they're good people and um, they don't go to church or anything like that, but they watch some services online and stream some services. And, uh, you know, but how can we know if they're going to heaven? And this, it, it sparred me into thinking, you know, I, I've got two brothers and a sister. And uh, I, if I'm judging by fruits, I can't say that any of them, I, I would know beyond a shadow of a doubt, are going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're going to hell. I'm just saying, well, well my, <laughs> my, little, my little brother totally renounced the faith and doesn't want nothing to do with God. Um, my sister and my older brother... Um, they, this is real talk here, <laughs> this real is talk. real talk. They, uh, they, they go to church and they do stuff, but, um, there's other things that I, I just don't see good bearing fruits mm-hmm. and now I'm not trying to judge. And I, I don't think, but the Bible says that we're supposed to judge a tree by its fruit. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so that's so what you're I'm not, not judging. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not condemning them cause it's not my place to condemn, but I'm saying if I'm looking at fruit, right, I don't see fruit. The coffee's getting better as it's getting cooler. Is it by good? The way. Um, so it sparred me into this uh, thinking about this is you know this is my family saved question, which is not just a question I've had or that our listener had had that texted us, but it's a question that I've heard from a lot of Christians over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if so and so is saved or the, hey they go to church but then they go and do this. Like how can I be assured of their salvation? Well, one we can't be assured because we can know no man's heart, only God right. can know their heart. But. Um, you know, when when you're looking at somebody's fruit, and I'm trying to set this up in the best way I can because I don't really have good notes. I just got no, no, notes. no, no. I, I, but I know where you're going. You know, if if I'm judging by the fruits and I don't see the fruits, how do we approach? How do we approach those who claim Christianity but there are no fruits? Mm-hmm. And this is a big conversation because it doesn't just apply to family; it can apply to friends, it can apply to coworkers, it can p- apply to anybody that claims Christianity. Are they really bearing the fruits or not? Because we are, like you said, we are supposed to judge each other by our fruits. And why? Why is this so important? Well, because we're ambassadors to Christ, mm-hmm. right? So we got to keep each other. We got to hold each other accountable. That's part of our job with you. That's you know, forbearing with one another, uplifting one another. These these verses that go in and talk and, about and this. even you know John and uh, the, the 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 epistles. First John, we talk about the fact of confessing our sins one to another. Right. And, and if if one of our brothers are in sin, I, this might be Galatians. James. Galatians, Galatians six. We're called to call them to repentance, lest we also fall into the same sin or right. that they get stuck in it. So this is that awkward juggle in the Christian world where if someone is claiming to be saved, but they're not acting like it, stepping out and having the guts and honestly the tenacity to say, I don't know if you're quite living like Jesus. And and this might be an interesting conversations from how our backgrounds even play into this conversation too. Right. Because I come from a very conservative, here's the rules, you follow the rules, you know, it's the idea of the, the the better you follow the rules, the closer you are to God type thing. And that's that's the background. I'm not saying my mom raised me that way, yeah. but I'm saying that's the church background I came out right, of. Where right. your obedience shows how much good of a Christian you are. Well, I think first of all, before we, we go even into that, because that's that's the sanctification process, right? And, and mm-hmm. we, we talk about justification, sanctification all the time, which are Christian all theology the terms that it's, yeah. So, but I think we need to talk about how to obtain salvation first, mm-hmm. right? Because... Anybody can claim anything, but there's certain um, uh, mile markers for a salvation, right? Okay. Okay. So you got to believe, mm-hmm. right? You got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that He's He's God's Son, right? And you have to confess with your mouth. Romans ten nine and ten, yeah. And then confess with your confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, right? And and, and, and then then you kind of get into the first step of obedience kind of middle ground between baptism baptism right exactly the first command and following believers and following believers baptism right exactly so i mean uh, i just want to look at a couple of scriptures real fast um 
just to kind of, how do we obtain the salvation? So Romans 5, 1 through 11 is a, is a big one. And it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into grace in which we stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Improving character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his love for us, and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him, through him is a big thing there, from wrath. For, for if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. So it kind of talked about a few different things there, but uh, basically talking about the faith and, and what Christ did for us. It was nothing that we did. This is all God's love for us. It's a free gift. Right. We were justified by faith. Right. We were justified by the faith in Christ who did all of it. And, and Ephesians 2, 8, 9, this is a very, very um, common passage that oh, yeah. most people know. Uh, for by grace, for for you are saved by grace through faith, and it is not from yourselves. It is a gift. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. This is CSB, and I keep like King James is King James is and coming like, out, oh, man. I got to actually read. For by grace, it. you have been saved through faith. Yep, yep. So, um, so we see it's a free gift. This is where Romans was talking about the free gift that Christ died for us, that we can boast in Christ through His death, and not only His death, but through His life, mm-hmm. and it's a. We're saved by this faith, or th- by this grace through faith, that is a gift from God. This is all God's doing. It is nothing that we do. Now let's answer this question too, because I think this goes to this question of the fact of is my family saved of being a good person? What is salvation? Just what is it? If someone said, okay, so how do I know if someone's saved? I would ask the person, well, what do you mean by saved? Like, right. what's your definition of saved? And normally it's just, oh, are they going to go to heaven when they die? Right. Which, again, I don't know why I harp on this so much. Is that the end goal? No. Right. The end goal is to live in communion with God again. Now, we cannot have fellowship with the Father except through Through Jesus. So part of me wonders if we even are, again, asking the wrong question. I feel like I say every episode. But it it is. I mean, it's Christ said clearly that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man shall come to the Father except Except through me. Through me. Right, because we're looking for that peace. We're looking for that shalom, the way God created it all to be and be with God again. So we know that even the demons pronounce that God is real and believe in God. They believe in Jesus, yeah. And yet they are not in fellowship with him. No. So we can't just say belief, right? Right. Even though it is belief, it's faith. It's that exactly what you're saying. So should it's we? It's the heart behind. Should the faith. we stop saying? Just, just a thought. Should we stop saying you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus? You need to believe in Jesus. And should we start saying follow Jesus? No, because okay. it is faith and okay. trust in Jesus, right? Because okay. if you don't have that faith and trust, I mean, that's the free. It's a free gift. So even just following Jesus, that's a that's something we're doing. We cannot earn in any way, shape, or form, salvation. Mm-hmm. Salvation comes, and out of the sanctification process, that's where the following comes. That's the fruits. That's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's work within you. Because um, Jesus does say, pick up your cross every day and follow correct. me. Correct, yeah, and we're supposed to die to self daily and all these other things and that, that we see that the Apostle Paul talks about. That talks about the fruit and, and the tree-producing fruit. Part of our fruit as being in part of God's family right. is following Jesus right. and obedience to him. But you're never going to have the fruit unless you have first the root. The root. And that's a common thing that we've been saying. Fruit and root, baby. <laughs> fruit and root. So Andrew Murray says salvation comes through a cross and crucified Christ, right? That's mm-hmm. where salvation comes from. And and that's the, uh, the the conversation around the atonement, the fact of we owed, I mean, there there's so many different ways. We, to, we paid a, or he paid a debt we could not pay. What, how does it go? It goes. What uh, song is he singing? Oh now, man, guys? it's an old, it's an old uh, charismatic song. Wow. Uh, oh, I, I just remember he paid a debt that we could not pay. All I know is the Lord is my salvation. We sing it here at church from the Gettys. Right. Um. You know, my debt is paid and the victory's won. Right. The fact of 
we sinned against a holy God. And that this will go back into our conversation later. He was propitiation later. for our sins. Right. His, I mean, he was pro- so in other words, he was our represent, a representative before God, and he took the penalty upon himself. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, it's not the fact of we don't get any better on the inside, but right. we theoretically put on Jesus. And then when God sees us, he sees Jesus' sacrifice. He's covering our sins. Like, what the sacrifice did, the blood on the altar in the Old Testament, last episode. And through that, that's how we are able to enter into God's family and into yeah. God's presence. Right, yeah. I mean, he's he, the the debt of sin is something that we could never pay back. And and this is where, um, I love you, first of all, our Catholic brothers and sisters have missed a little bit, you know, the, the whole purgatory thing that mm. came about in the 15th century. The purification was, process. Was that, okay, well, I'm... I'm paying back this debt that I owe. Because you're still a little God. dirty. You yeah. got you got well, well, got to burn I, off the. I junk. have to, you know, it, you know. So I have to go and, and but you know, well, the Pope can give me like a thousand years off of, or a million years off of. Purgatory. And you paid money, and, and, so and yeah. If you yeah, and this indulgences. Is, right, this is right, where the indulgences came from. You can pay so much to get so many years off of your yep. s- sentence of paying back your debt. Which is totally opposite of what Scripture says. Nope, we can't. Could it pay the debt? Nope. Which is great. Christ paid the debt, and it's a free gift. So that's that's salvation. Now, now we get into the fruit, right? The the, the okay. sanctification process. How do we know for myself or for someone else are they saved? Right? They say they're saved. I say I'm saved because this happens too. Like. We can deceive ourselves. The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? I could deceive myself to thinking, hey, I'm saved. But then not have spiritual fruit to show, right? There is that, not that sin doesn't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. So I claim I'm a Christian and I can be deceived because I'm not a Christian. I'm not saved, right? Christian is a Christ follower. It's a follower of Christ. So if you're not following Christ, if you're living by sin and sin isn't um, convicting you, I would question that the Holy Spirit isn't working on you or that you've totally become tone deaf to the Holy Spirit, and that's dangerous territory. Mm -hmm. So Galatians 5, 16 through 26 says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, uh, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, self-ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Uh, now that now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So this is a huge chunk of Scripture right here that tells us, look, if we're in step with the Spirit, one, sin is going to bother us, mm-hmm. and we're not going to want to do the sin. And right. when we do do it, okay, we we mess up, but we ain't going to stay there. And this goes back to even someone else asked us this question uh, again, I think I think over text message. Someone asked about the uh, the unforgivable sin and the fact right. that we talked about this in the last episode of if you are feeling convicted of your sin, that's a good sign. Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, obviously, if you did something wrong towards other people, you can feel guilt and shame from societal pressure. And so we're not saying you. the only people who feel the weight of their remorse are Christians. We're right. not saying that. Right. But it's a good sign of the fact of I'm not living my life in a right way. I'm struggling with anger. I'm struggling with this. I know I'm struggling with it. I need help. Right. And, you know, that's, and the help comes from the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's what helps us. It's not that we can do anything on our own, but in everything we can do through Christ who strengthens us. Right, and it even says that those who belong to, to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Right. And so it's not easy. No. It's not no. easy. But if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep, keep in, in step, step with, with the, the Spirit. Spirit. So let's jump over into uh, another one of Paul's letters, 1 Corinthians 13, Ooh, 4 through 8. the love chapter. Love chapter. So... I mean, this is another fruit of the Spirit, right? We talked about love. 
Love is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Well, love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable. And it does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Mm. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. So talking about love, and, and I'm not saying, and I don't think Paul is saying, well, if you are boastful at a time, that okay, well, sorry, mm-hmm. you're not doing like you're not part. The spirit's not in you. You know, he's saying, okay, these are what the signs of love is, which is one of the fruits of the spirit. This is what love looks like. So when we're boastful, if I'm boastful about something, it should bother me. If I'm mm-hmm. in step with the spirit, I should be like, wow, why am I boastful? And I can tell you, this is something that is with me all the time. I get irritated at things i'm irritable <laughs> right or i have outbursts of anger yep which we saw back in galatians was one of the things works of the flesh it's not saying that these things are going to be completely gone it's saying that when you're in step with the spirit you're crucifying the flesh right you're dying to self you're following christ you're in step you're relying on the spirit to help you you're seeking god you're praying you're you are <sighs> You're doing a work because of your faith. Mm-hmm. You're not doing the work just to do the work. You're not doing the work to earn salvation. You're doing the work because of salvation. <laughs> oh, I like that. So um, another one real fast is that, uh, I mean, we're, 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 we become this new creation. So 2 Corinthians, again, Paul, uh, verse five, or chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. So there's a, there's a new nature in us. We're a new A new creation. desire for different things. Right, exactly. A.W. Tozer said, to escape the error of salvation by works, we have fallen into the opposite error of salvation without obedience. And that's honestly and what that we talked about last church, episode. That's the church know? today. Um, it is one of those great um, lies of Satan that, okay, well, see, all this time you've been trying to earn your salvation through works mm-hmm. and we've lost it. No, 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 no. See, because of my faith, because of salvation, there is obedience that happens. So, uh, you know, I, I say do not make or don't make uh, mistake sanctification as a man-made way to earn righteousness. Sanctification is about surrendering, letting go and allowing the spirit to transform you become becoming obedient to his voice out of this do the fruits of the Spirit appear. Mm. That's Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like that old illustration of whatever's in your cup when you get bumped is what's going to come out, you know? So, right. like, we're sitting here, we're drinking some coffee, you know, having a good time. Mm-hmm. Almost 10 o'clock at night. We ain't going to get any sleep, but it's going to be all right. I'm all wired. If, you, if I bump you while you're drinking coffee, bubbly ain't going to come out of that cup because coffee's in that cup. You know, what's inside the cup is what gets knocked over when it comes out. And this this the same illustration is... is um, if, if our lives, if anger comes out of us, there's so many times where like people respond a certain way. I struggle with this. Like, yeah. you know, honestly, nothing has showed me my sin more than being a dad. Yeah. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, with uh, all seven kids that we have, each kid has different types of, of reactions and different types of needs and whatnot. And I have a very short fuse with one of the kids. And honestly, this week has been great. I mean, but We've had, I mean, we do in-home therapy. I do therapy with this, this, well, it's, it's one of the girls. Um, so it's, I do therapy with one of the girls and, um, the therapist comes in and we talk about things and we work on things and she goes, okay, you see what you did right there? That's not going to work. And it's like, oh geez. Okay. So I've had to completely shift my mindset. And then I eventually had to figure out why does this, like, why does this little kid frustrate me so dang much? Right. It wasn't just because of her. It was because of what was inside me. Right. And also realizing, oh, dang it. Like, I mean, she's not my blood, but she sure acts like it too. Right. And, but, you know, when I respond in anger, if I respond in impatience, that's not the kid's fault. That's what's coming out of me because that's what's in me. Right. And a lot of times when we see people burst out in anger or burst out in these things, they're like, oh, sorry, I, I slipped. It's like, did you slip? Yeah. Or did your mouth just print off what was actually inside you? And a lot of times that's what they talk about the no filter. Yeah. Well, the filter's right there just trying to deceive people of actually 
what's, what's actually going on. So when the filter is not there, then it, your heart actually comes out. Right. And and that's not to say that we're both works in progress. Like yeah. oh, I have, man. I mean, I have issues, you know, I have issues with anger. I have issues. Oh, me too. Pride. I, I, have I issues. struggle with pride bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got all sorts of stuff that <laughs> I call, I, I, I struggle really hard with forgiveness in terms of the grace. I call, I call it my grace button. I can show way too much grace for people, but once you press that button, it's I done. basically yeah. wish you're dead. Right. And that's not okay either. It's not enduring, is it? <laughs> no. And that's that's not okay either. So, you know, for us, when the question of how do we know if we're saved or not, you know, I think so many times people are so scared of, oh, I just don't know if I was sorry enough. I don't know if I do. And they keep asking Jesus into their heart over yeah. and over and over. And that's why I, I, I wanted to. And you could see that there is a working of the spirit because the sin is bothering you. Right. right? And and I do want to say, if there is someone out there who's listening and they're like, you know what? I I just don't know. Was I not sorry enough? Did I not understand my sin enough? There's a really cool book out there called Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart by J.D. Greer. It's a really, it's a short read. It's mm-hmm. a little one. I have the article where he was interviewed about it pulled up and he wrote it because um, where, where was it the fact of, um, I don't want to say that, but basically the idea is, is so many people in the world today have prayed the quote unquote sinner's prayer of right. I'm a sinner. So God save me so I can go to heaven. Like, and that's it. But there's so much more, you know, Jesus didn't just say, ask actually nowhere in the Bible does it say, ask Jesus into no, your it heart. Says, it says confess and your, believe, <laughs> confess and believe. And, and then because of confessing and believe walk out your faith. What's the ABCs? I forget what brand, ask, brand associate. believe and confess. There you go. Ask, believe and confess. Right. Or confess, believe and ask whatever way you want to yeah. go with that. Um, you know, and, and I do want to read this real quick. Cause you know, he was in an interview going back to JD Greer. It's uh Trevin Wax, this is on the Gospel Coalition website. It says, what circumstances brought about the writing of this book to stop asking Jesus in your heart? What do you hope it'll accomplish? And he said a large motivation was for him because he's been, like he went to the altar for every single altar call. He was baptized, it says, four different times. J.D. Greer was wow. baptized. Um, he says, because we have reduced a conversation to a ceremonial prayer. Many Christians are obsessed over whether they did the prayer right. Were they actually sorry enough? Was there a moment of total surrender? Did you fully give your life to Jesus? Did I even understand grace good enough? And he said, like I did, many of those people secretly pray the prayer over and over and over again. And they feel a little better for a while. But then the questions start to come back. And then you just rinse and repeat like a shower. He said, the good news is that God wants us to know. Many people think that God does not want us to have assurance of salvation, as if uncertainty is a certain type of carrot that holds out in front of us to keep us acting good, right. <laughs> which, again, I mean, we just we just gonna call the, the 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 kettle black. I mean, that's a big thing in the Catholic Church with venial sins. Of mm-hmm. you didn't come to mass enough, you didn't do your your and, confessions. And enough, again, and, look, we love our brothers and sisters in the right. Catholic Church, our true brothers and sisters, just mm-hmm. like I would say that in the Protestant Church, we right. love our true brothers and sisters. But in there's the Protestant. so many people in the Protestant Church where it's like you haven't come to church enough, you haven't read your Bible, you haven't right. gone soul winning enough, right. you haven't invited enough people, you haven't knocked on enough doors. So yep. there's 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 blood on both sides of of, oh, of, of the course. aisle. Yeah. So, so that, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I don't want to just knock the Catholic Church because there are a lot of people that don't feel that way in the Catholic Church, and there are a lot of people that do feel that way in the Protestant Church. Mm-hmm. And he continues. This is really cool. He says, "Desire for heaven or fear of hell may compel some kinds of obedience, but not." the the kind of obedience that God wants. God wants obedience that grows from love and love that can only grow in security. The assurance we long for come from properly understanding the gospel. When we get that right, assurance will soon follow. Right. So, so, so going back to the conversation of how do we know if I'm saved or how do I know if that person is saved is the fact of it's not so much did they just say a prayer, right? Did they raise their hand? Did they go to church a couple times? Did they get baptized? Because I mean, you know what? I took a shower this morning. There ain't right. no difference between I mean, me taking a shower, same as a sinner getting sinner getting wet in a in a church. Right. Like that's how our pastor used to say it. And but it all goes back to yeah, do you put your faith in Jesus? And honestly, does your life look like it? Right. And, you know, there's some friends of ours, and we've talked about this, where um, I remember when this one guy particularly started following Jesus. He got baptized, and he still struggled with with anger and lashing out and dealing with stuff at home and work and, and personal relationships. But you see how far he's come with all of a sudden he can, he can control his tongue better, and he he loves his wife more, and he, he's a great dad, and he's doing all those things. And the only answer is because of Jesus. Right. You know, and, and you see the fruit start to change. And I mean, even look at you and me, we still got root issues. Oh yeah. Your boys ain't perfect. I mean, I wish that'd be, that'd be really dope. Well, we, got, but, we got fruit issues. The root issue is okay. Cause that's Jesus. Right. Jesus right. Is the root. <laughs> but at the same time, the Bible says that, you know, unless we're connected to the vine, right. 
And so we could still be, I believe, part of God's family, but not as connected to the vine as we need to be. See, I think you're either connected to the vine or you're not. Okay. Right? Because Christ said if you're not bearing fruit and you're connected to the vine, he's going to hew you off and throw you into the fire. Mm. So there is a, though I may not be bearing the best of fruit, I may be bearing some fruit because I'm a work in progress. Right. And that sanctification process is still taking place place and and god loves his children and those he loves he he disciplines and 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 he wants us to conform more into the image of his son so i guess this is the question going back to the original question of how do we know if someone in our family is saved or not and i think we need to also go back to well what happens if they're just a good person well hang on let's back it up before we go there all right keep going keep going so we have another thing to deal with oh we do okay so we we've got the thing of and it's another question that's been brought up several times right so we've talked we've talked about okay the questions we got to look at is they're not you know they're they're good people Mm -hmm. they claim to be christians so we looked at okay what is the fruit of the spirit what is salvation Mm -hmm. and then they they just live stream church they don't they don't go to church. They don't. They're not plugged into anybody. So I, I want to address that issue, and then let's yeah. do the overall yeah, issue no, of how good. Do we approach. That sounds good. So, you know, church does not going to a church does not bring salvation. We we've looked at what brings in the salvation. same way that walking into a garage does not make you a car. Right. But, but it is important as we've talked about to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Right. And Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. Well, you can't do that if you're not plugged in. I can't provoke anything. Not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, which you have to be together to do, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the last day, uh, the the day of the Lord, the second coming. Um, It's vitally important. To not be alone. We we were never meant to walk without our fellow brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, how are we supposed to encourage? If you have a gift and you're sitting at home alone and you don't have a good reason to be at home alone. How are you benefiting the body? How are you? A be- yeah, exactly. Now you're just a toe off running <laughs> away somewhere without not connected to the body. Mm-hmm. You have to be connected to the body. Not only for yourself, but for the encouragement of others. That's our role and responsibility is to love each other. This was one of the commands of Christ mm-hmm. was to love one another, even as I have loved have you. Loved you. <laughs> so it's a it's a very vital and important aspect of the Christian walk because we have to be there for one another. Mm-hmm. And when we're out there alone, man, it's dangerous. Because Satan is a roaring lion seeking seeking who he may devour. And who's he going to devour? Somebody who's out alone and easily influenced, right? Mm -hmm. And this is where the danger lies because it's so easy to fall into a a heresy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, To start following a heretic and losing the actual line where you're supposed to be going, where you're supposed to be at. It's just a very dangerous road to be on. So we've talked about you know, the, the three things, right? right. But I don't, I don't want to leave the third thing yet. Okay, I don't want to leave ahead. the third thing yet. Cause you got your thoughts in. I want to, I right. want to get these in. So, you know, I, I want to look at the question of what is the church? And when you look at what the church is specifically in the new Testament, the church was never a building. It was never an organization. It was never a, it was the people, the called out ones. And basically it was the idea of these who are the, 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 the church literally just means the called out ones. In other words, Jesus called followers unto himself, and then they were the ones who were called out together. Mm-hmm. And you see all throughout the New Testament that, you know, I, I, I saw a TikTok the other day where the fact, uh, like, like, you know, it, it's the joke of like, what if I told you that uh, church was just a book club gone wrong? No, the church was a group of people who, yes, eventually rallied themselves around the Bible. They rallied themselves around the Old Testament scriptures and the prophecies of, of Jesus coming and what Jesus did. But the church was the called out gathering of saints to encourage one another, to equip one another, to you know provoke one another towards love, which is that good old King Jimmy words that help move towards the way we're supposed to in all faith and godliness. And even when you see in Acts 2, when the, fir- when the church first came together, this is, I mean, I, don't, I haven't brought this up in a while, 
Um, but this is what it was all about. It says, and they, the church, the called out people, devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, which is you know studying what the apostles taught about Jesus, to the fellowship. In other words, to being one together, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done all throughout the apostles. And all who believed were together, had all things in common. They were selling possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all whoever had a need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And right here we see what is the purpose of the church is, yeah, you know what? When you watch an online sermon, you are studying the apostles' teachings. You are learning about the Bible. Those aren't bad things. I listen to podcasts. I listen to sermons. Right. I listen to John R. Stott's sermons every single week. Sometimes J.D. Greer, Andy Stanley, Carrie Newoff. I listen to people's sermons, and I know you do too. But is that church, or is that just filling your head knowledge of, of what it's supposed to be? And But when you see here, it's the fact that they devoted themselves also to the fellowship and breaking bread and having relationships with one another. But then what else did they do? They had favor with all the people. Right. So the church, they got together and they encouraged one another. Then they went out right? and they loved their community and they did all these different things. And if you're just at home, you know, watching live stream now, granted, I know there's different people in different places and circumstances where maybe they're burnt by church. They've been hurt. They're recovering. They're sick. They've been dealing with COVID. Right. They've, they're, they're just old. They're bedridden. They can't get out. We yeah. understand those things. Yeah. We totally get that. We're talking about those without excuse. Exactly. <laughs> and trying to figure it out. Now, I, our church live streams, do I think our church should ever stop? No, I don't think we should because no. that helps people get a, get a bird's eye view into it. Right. But at the same time, intentionally, our church is not putting on a production because right. we want you in the building. Right. But I also think it's a failure of a church if the only purpose of the church is to show up on a Sunday and sing a couple songs and read a right. Bible verse and it's, then have a little talk and leave. It's about living life together. And exactly. I, and I love what D.L. Moody says. He says, Ooh, let's go. Church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood is to a sick man. Oh, read that again. That was good. Church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood is to a sick man. So in other words, it's life-giving. It's life-giving. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're coming up on about 47 minutes into the podcast, and so I, I want to I bring this all yeah, together. Yeah, bring it all right? together, man. I'll let you bring it in. I've been trying not to spend too much time on any given thing because it, it wasn't the question, right? The question was, how do we approach those who claim Christianity, but we are not seeing these fruits, right? So we've gone over our salvation. We've gone over what the fruits look like. We've gone over church, why we should gather together as church. But now we see somebody who um, is claiming Christianity, but is not there, right? You don't see the fruits. And how do we approach them? How do we talk to them? How do we have these conversations? And that's really what I want to spend the last remaining few minutes that we have together talking about. It's so vitally important, so vitally important to be gentle, to be loving, to be kind when talking about anything with somebody that you see in air, right? So if I see a brother not producing fruit, I don't go and smack him upside the head and say, hey, you ain't doing things right. Which, what's the goal? Is the goal to be right or is the goal to the goal point is never, to Jesus? The goal is never to win an argument, right? You know, it's not about winning the argument. It's about winning the brother. Mm. <laughs> That's what it's about. And so it's so important that when you go and approach somebody, and we've talked about this, uh, speaking truth in love, right? This is one of our early season one episodes. Um, it's so vitally important to be gentle to be caring and to be loving when you talk to somebody. Two, the, the, the other thing I would do is I would bring up some of these scriptures we talked about today. We talked about what is salvation. Maybe they don't fully understand what salvation is. Maybe they've been trying to earn salvation by their good works. They're good people, you know, so how could they not be going to heaven because they are good? Mm -hmm. I mean, by the world standard, there are a lot of good people out there, and there's a lot of good people by the world standard going to hell. Mm -hmm. That's just... The reality of things, because they don't know the one who gives this saving grace. Right. And so they need to understand what salvation is, right? And what what does Proverbs say? A a wicked man turneth away reproach. I know it's King James. Yeah, James. yeah. No, a wicked man turneth reproach, but a but wise a, man receives instruction or yeah, something, something like that. Like, something along those lines. And, and so you could tell real quick, right, whether they are actually truly a Christian. If you don't see fruits and you start talking about salvation, and it doesn't have to be, hey, brother, let me talk to you about salvation. You don't have to go all Hulk Hogan on them. Hey, mm -hmm. brother, 
you know, you could just be like, hey, you know, I was reading the Bible the other day in Romans 5, and, and this is what Scripture says. And I was just, you know, salvation is this. And just start talking about salvation, not necessarily salvation to them. Right. And are they saved? But just talking about it in general, just bringing and, it up and, and, and I think that's that's a key factor there because, you know, even in, a, what is it, First Peter, Second Peter, where it says, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Right. And not a hope that they need to have. But the, the, here's the hope that I have, and here's, here's just where and, my take is. And anybody could tie it in. Just like we have today, we've talked about what salvation is, what the fruits of the Spirit are that are produced from being saved, and and what it all looks like in a daily living. You know, we attend church, we lift each other up, we do these things, and what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And if you bring it up in conversation and not bring it up as a, we got to have a talk, if you just bring it up in conversation of, hey, I've been just studying, this is how I've been studying, and what's your thoughts on it, and, and engage them rather than dictate to them or preach to them rather than the preaching engage them and do it in gentleness and love i cannot stress that enough because if you go out there and you preach in a condescending way you win nobody and it's not about bringing them the truth just to bring them the truth it's about bringing the truth of god's word not your words of god's word presenting it in a way that brings a brother back or brings a person to christ Allow the Holy Spirit, and I would say go into any any conversation prayerfully. Now, what would happen, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, because I, I know some of these conversations where, you know, someone who who claims to be follows Jesus, and, and they might be struggling on their faith a little bit. They might honestly be wrestling. They're not really sure what to go. And then someone is trying to confront them on things, and it's just pushing them farther and farther and farther away. So if you're trying to have these conversations— and you keep pushing people farther and farther and farther away. Is that, I mean, and you can, you, you, you think you're doing it in a loving manner. You mm-hmm. think you're doing it well, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the, their, their response is, you know, turning to, to, to run. Is that a sign that you're doing it wrong? Is it a sign that they're not ready to hear? I would say it's a sign that either the Holy Spirit is trying to work on them and they're just resisting the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. or a sign that they just aren't one of his and they're just resisting. Right. And that's fine. And, and you don't have to press. And you I know. think I've seen it done wrong because I've seen a lot of pastors, especially in the oh, independent yeah. fundamental Baptist world of, I, like, I'm in a part of a Facebook group, and I'll hear, I hear some of the counsel that some people have gotten or confrontations, and I'm like, what? Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of messed up, some of the stuff that gets said. Right. Like, like for forms. me as a teenager, you know, I remember my youth pastors saying, cause you know, we, we were classic Baptist Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I missed every Sunday night of my entire Basically, sixteen on up because you I, were a sinner because you you took well, sports. Well, no, but, well, <laughs> thankfully it wasn't a sinner. It was more the fact of I had a job and I had to work. But the youth pastor basically said, you know, we're never we're not supposed to say, forsake the assembling of ourselves together. When we assemble, you should be here, and I don't want you to choose work over over Jesus. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? I'm choosing college right now to go study to be a pastor. You know, at a Bible college. It's funny because. People take, oh, well, the word of God is is a, a sharp two-edged sword, right? right? They take that as a, well, I got to wield that sword and beat people over the head with a sword. And mm-hmm. that's not what it's about. It's about defeating the enemy of Satan, not over... And the, and what is it? The, sword of the, the sword of the spirit right. is... The Holy Spirit is the sword, not the not us. No, the word is... I'm talking about the word of God. Oh, um, yeah. No, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it right. can pierce the heart of man. Right. And so, but people like to weaponize scripture, mm-hmm. right? I'd like, you know, I weaponize scripture to to make, prove my point to you, to mm-hmm. be right. And, and we have to be careful. If you start doing that, you might as well just stop and turn the other way because all you're going to do is you're going to do more damage. This is why it's so important to bridle our tongue. Right. You know, this is why we're supposed to be as wise as serpent, as gentle as doves. This, these are the things that we have to do especially when we approach somebody and we should like Galatians six says, do it in such a manner of gentleness and love to bring them back and to be careful that we don't fall into the same yeah, temptation. And, and you see, I feel like he did it in a, in a gentleness and love way because obviously the teenager, he didn't want me to choose work over God. Right. But he also couldn't answer my counter argument of, well, what about those churches that don't meet on Sunday nights? Right. Uh, well, we meet. Okay. I have to have a job because I have to pay my own way to college. So I don't really know what to do. I'm still here all the other times and I do all the other things. What more do you want? You know, but what so was, I think the what heart was, was the, pure. What was the purpose of it? Was it just so you were at church or was it, I mean, uh, so I, I think, I guess, no, no, I, I don't know if, and again, I don't know. I don't know if I didn't understand it right, but going back to that conversation in my head, I think the goal of it was simply just the fact of, you know, he saw me in ministry and he, people knew where I was going to college and choosing work over 
school and that's or choosing yeah work over church and choosing work over god which honestly that's a challenge that i do have of choosing work over a lot of things because i love to work i just love to do it i built to do it and but at the same token I, i i can see his heart behind it but at the same token you can't look at someone and just like every time the doors are open, you need to be there because that's what a good Christian does. Right. But also, as a youth pastor, I see teenagers when they start slipping out of student ministry. That doesn't mean that they don't love Jesus because I I know some that are doing really well. But I also know others when they start to slip and fall. It's also because they're starting to wander down a different there's path a, and there's take a, a different route. There's a there's an extreme, and it's hard to speak to this because I'm not in the, I, I don't know, I, I'm not listening to the words he's saying, so it's hard to speak oh, to right, it too of course, much. But, you know. but there, there's two different factions that I can see out of that. There's a one that's a duty-based, uh, hey, I need to dutifully, as the youth pastor, try to make sure this kid's at church anytime the church stores are open. Right. And there's someone who genuinely cares. Now, if you were a teen who was slipping away, who wasn't attending any church meetings, yes, there's concern. I can see a concerned pastor coming up and saying, hey, you know, what's going on, brother? Like, hey, what's going on with you? You know, I see you're a little bit busier and, and having that genuine conversation. Right. And then I see another one who's dutiful, who's like, well, you're supposed to be here on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. And that's hard because even on Facebook, you know, like I've been seeing people complain about, oh, you know that if you missed a couple Sundays, the pastor's going to give you a call. And I'm like, what's wrong with that? It's not the pastor's that's just job. Caring. Yeah, that's just a caring Just thing. make sure and, you're and doing people okay. Take it, people take it the wrong way. But I think that comes from abuse. I think it comes from mm. abuse of power of of pastors in the past of trying to make people, you know, oh, I saw that you haven't given a tithe in the past month, you know, t- type of thing. And it's like, uh, hold, hold the phone here. Like, right. Um, but in, in the, and maybe this you is gave hard. a tithe somewhere else. Maybe you felt called. They don't know. And, and, and so. I think this is where it gets hard with family is family is really hard to have these faith conversations around. It is. It you is know? very hard. Um, and you, and, and you I'm have not good to, at it. and I, I, again, you have to go into it prayerfully. That's my third my third point. You have to be prayerful about everything. Uh, you don't go into it just because you hear something that may not be right or sound right to you doesn't mean you attack it right then and there. Go into it, seek the spirit first, especially if it's family, because you know they're not going away, right? You know you're going to see family again. And I think it's very, very wise to wait for the opportune moment and the leading of the spirit mm-hmm. and to be prayer prayerful. How do I say that? Uh, prayered up. <laughs> right. I would be prayered up and and ready to give my account through the word of God. Mm-hmm. And this, again, this is, comes with that conversation. Uh, hey, I, let's, let me draw this conversation in. Or there's been times like my little brother who reached out and said, I just don't understand things that are going on in my life. And I say, hey, can I take you out to dinner and talk to you? And and God opens a door for us to have a, a meaningful conversation about God and his ways. And, and you know, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- these things happen all the time, but if you go in and just trying to attack it just to prove a point or prove that you need God or prove th- these things to people, you're never going to get anywhere because you're not in step with the Spirit, and you have to be in step with the Spirit, right? I don't do anything without the leading of the Spirit, and the leading is that little nudge of, hey, hey, go talk to this person. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not like a audible voice telling you to do it. You just kind of feel like, hey, I need to go talk to this person. Yeah. And it, when you're in t- tune with the spirit, you kind of sense these. Uh, and, you know, I heard uh, there's a sermon that uh, Sway brought to our church one time. I don't remember what the the, the, the title of it was, but he was talking about um, the, the gift of evangelism. Like some people are literally born with the gift of evangelism. They can... Uh, how did he word it? He's like, uh, they can evangelize to a fence post and that fence post would become a holy fence post. Like right. people just have that gift. And you think of like the, the Sean McDowell's, you think of these great evangelists, the, the, the Billy Graham's who can just speak truth into people's lives. And then there's other people where it's like, if I never had a talk again, that would be a blessing. Right. Like, and, but at the same token, we're all called to share our faith. Some are just, it goes back to the talents. Some God gave you 10 talents cause that's your job in the body. Right. And then he gave you other other jobs inside of the body as well for equipping and building up. But we're all called to share our faith when the time comes I for love, the hope that we have. I love what John MacArthur said. He oh, says, okay. our responsibility is simply to make our witness faithful. It is God's responsibility alone to make it effective. It's not our responsibility to make sure something happens out of us being faithful witnesses. Mm. That's God's duty. That's what God does. All we are called to do is be the responsible witness and responsibility a responsible witness doesn't just go off thumping people being a bible thumper you know right yeah thumping people over the head with the bible that ain't gonna do nothing that's not responsible that's an abuse Mm -hmm. and and doing that is there's no room for that 
You know, Billy Graham said, the greatest way to witness is through the life you live. Let the radiance of your Christian life be such that it will make others ask questions about your faith. You know, so I don't have to go around smacking people upside the head with scripture. Sometimes just living it out. And I'm not saying all the time. Sometimes we, we need to well, speak, the, yeah, speak I mean, dude, how, how can people hear without a preacher? You know, But if I'm, go, if I'm going and saying, you need to obey the word of God, smack, smack, what, actions what, speak louder what, than words. Yeah, we we what see this, a picture do? is worth a thousand words. We hear the, all these little different phrases all the time about how important our actions are. If I'm going out and going to the bar and going to a strip club and then going to my friend's house afterwards and saying, well, you need Jesus. <laughs> I mean, how much of a faithful That's witness a am I going to be? Right. Uh, you know, Martin Luther said, we need to pledge ourselves anew to the cause of Christ. We must capture the spirit of the early church. Wherever the early Christians went, they made a triumphal, a triumphant witness for Christ, whether on the village streets or in the city jails, they daringly proclaimed the good news of the gospel. And this is where it comes in. So we tie the Billy Graham, live your life in such a way and be a faithful witness by proclaiming the gospel like Martin Luther says mm-hmm. and going, no matter where you're at, whether you're in a city or a jail, it doesn't matter. Speak the word of God when you feel the leading, but also live it the life out. So that's my final thoughts, man. That's all I got. We're at an hour, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm done. You yeah. can land the plane. I'll, I'll land it. Talking with family about your faith is hard, and especially for someone like you and I, where we come out of families that were raised as Christians and I mean, whether or not our parents got everything right, that's not the conversation. But we, I, I know for me, I grew up in a Christian household, and I don't know, like, I don't know where my whole family's at. Right. You know, I, I, I know, I know my sister has her walk, and I have mine, and I have a brother who basically is just like, screw all this, and right. and another one where, honestly, I think he just cares about his fish and his cats. Like, I think that's all he cares about. Jimmy and, and, and to have a conversation around this, it's easy for me to have a conversation about what I'm doing in ministry or how the podcast is going or, or all these different things. But it comes time to your actual faith and belief. That's really hard. Whereas, but if, if, if it's a stranger asking about my faith, I got no problems. I mean, let's right. talk about this. And it's so hard to talk to family about faith. And, and, and I get that. And I understand that, especially for someone who was in the faith and walked away. That's really hard. And I, I'm not, I don't believe I have the gift of faith. I don't believe I have the gift of prayer. My wife sure does. Um, but what does the Bible say? The Bible says is to pray without ceasing. And uh, you also see the, the, the um, for lack of a better word, nagging, was the, the nagging widow who kept asking the master and just over and over and over. And he said, finally, like, he's like, fine, just, yeah, go, go ahead. And the Bible says is do that. We know God works in prayer and we know that God does his own thing. We know that God is the one who's sovereign over everything. He knows what's going on, but he still tells us to pray over and over and over and over without ceasing, and we're told not to stop. And so when it comes to family, we first need to check ourselves, right? We got to make sure, are we following Jesus? Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Because we can't call out the speck in your eye if I got a plank in my own. Like, that's not how it's supposed to work. But when it comes to actually approaching someone who claims Christianity, if someone actually loves Jesus, and again, we come in a loving manner, not in a, you're wrong, but it's like, I'm doing it because I care about you and love about mm-hmm. you. And sometimes it just it isn't that's a question of, I see you doing this and that's wrong. It's more the fact of, hey, you're doing all right. right. Like seriously, you, you doing okay? Because right. a lot of times people's actions come out of what's going on inside. Yep. And a lot of times the action isn't the problem. The action is a result of the actual problem. And we mm-hmm. got to dig down to the root and go, what actually is going on? And that's one thing I've been really thankful about with my own life, having you throughout all this COVID season, what's going on in my life and my counselor, where you guys go, I see this, but I know that really isn't what's going on because this isn't like you. So what's really happening? Right. And you've had to talk to me about stuff and we've had conversations about what's going on in our own lives, yeah. in our own our own families. And Pretty our much own, every Friday night. Every Friday night. <laughs> I mean, there was one night where we talked for two hours instead of recording because there was yep. just crap going on in our lives. Yep. And without the podcast, without the fellowship of the believers, we would never have that. We'd yep. still be doing our own thing out there and potentially floundering. And that's not to say that the Christian world is supposed to just come into bubbles and huddle, but at the same time, we're called to encourage one another and to love one another and to push each other towards Jesus. And you can't do that if you're by yourself. Right. Yep. So that's all I got, man. All right, man. Let's get to the next segment. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Time for Fun Facts with Philly. 
<laughs> that laugh. Oh, dude, I feel like the AC turned off because I'm sweating now. Dude, I'm wondering if somebody turned it off. No, I, well, I think I had the AC set to turn off at 9. Oh. So it's probably like 75 in this room right now. It's so hot. let's get the fun fact going and get out of this mug because this think, is awful. I think we're starting to smell up the room, too. Oh, goodness. <laughs> dude, what fun fact you got for us to close out All right. this episode? The fun fact of the day is, Mark and listeners, did you know Walt Disney was afraid of mice? I did. Although I did. Disney's most iconic character was a mouse. Disney was actually quite afraid of mice. So that next then brings in the question of why did he use a mouse? Overcoming his fear. So, okay, there was another character that Disney used before Mickey. Yeah, it was a cat, wasn't it? Uh, Was it a a rabbit? Oh, yeah, you're right. It was a rabbit. It wasn't Peter Rabbit. I don't know what his name is. But there's something that's pre-Mickey Mouse. Yeah. But Mickey Mouse is the OG. And you and your family, and me and my family, we love ourselves in Disney. Oh, we love Disney. Did you see that the fireworks are back at Disney? I did. I'm so excited. Are you you going back to Disney soon? We are. Are you really? When? A couple weeks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's legit. I just, I mean, I I didn't just get back. I want to go back to Disney because we had to go with masks and it wasn't as fun. But you don't have to wear a mask. I don't I don't have to. I'm vaccinated. So, so you're ready to roll <laughs> and you get the fireworks. You get the whole treatment, yeah, yeah. bro. Oh my goodness. Well, hey guys, if you are with us at the end of this episode, just like always, we are so thankful for you. Hit yeah. us up, realtalkchristianpodcast.com. We make it easy for you. If you got something that's going on in your life and you want to know more about the basics of the faith or family or just whatever question you might have, we have like seven or eight different categories on the yeah. website where you can click and see all the episodes right there specifically about that topic because we just want to bless the socks off of you guys there too and if you just want to keep up with the latest episode go ahead and check us out on itunes spotify any of your follow follow that follow go to youtube and subscribe people yeah because here's the deal even if you don't listen to the episode if you subscribe to it it a helps us out but then b it puts it in your phone so that way you can remember to listen to real talk christian podcast don't forget to go to apple itunes and leave us a review if you have not We'll send you a little, little something, something. Hopefully, from us. if I remember, if Mark, you know, doesn't drop. The if ball. I can learn how to sneak things, I used to be able to sneak stuff through the sneaky, uh, you, you, uh, USPS, but I can't sneak. Yeah, but I that, can't sneak that was all anymore. during COVID, so you yeah, know, that's COVID. true, <laughs> that's true. Well, hey, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, text, email, all the stuff. Find it all at realtalkchristianpodcast.com. That's the easiest way to do it. We have some more fun episodes in store for you guys. Don't forget to check out the csbible.com. Get your goat skin leather Bible. 40% off, baby. Hey, until next time, take it easy.